Hello and welcome to The Place to Be, a Seinfeld podcast. I'm your host, Adam. And I'm Eric. On today's episode, we welcome the lovely Judith Shelton. Judith has appeared in several TV shows, including The Middle and The Gregory Hines Show, where she was a series regular. But we all know and love her for playing Sally in the classic season six episode, The Fusili Jerry. And we're so excited to talk to her today. Thank you for being with us, Judith. Woohoo! Thanks for having me. This is so fun. <laughs> yeah, we're really excited to talk to you. We have so many questions for you. Um, so we're just going to get started. So before we get into your role on Seinfeld, we'd love to learn a little bit more about you first. Where did you grow up? Oh, man, I grew up in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, early, early. And then my parents, uh, my dad started Denny's there, by the way. So you're welcome. Oh, wow. <laughs> you're welcome. And then... Um, uh, and then I came back to Orange County, where I spent a humiliating couple of years. And then I went to boarding school and lived with nuns in a convent school um, in Colorado, which I consider to be my home. I have family members there, and I love Colorado. And I love to craft. I do a lot of crafting. Um, and I have a cat. I'm not sure how she feels about me. And let's see, I'm a comedian, have been a stand-up comedian for a while, and um, went to a Quaker college, uh, and now I teach at a university. I don't, is that what you need? I don't know. <laughs> so I let's go back a little. Um, so what were you like as a kid? Were you funny? I was not funny. I was super serious. My parents... Um, they had a lot of addiction issues, so the house was kind of violent and unpredictable. Uh, and I was sort of dirty. I was a dirty kid, and so I was teased a lot at school. And then one day somebody threw a pizza at me, like a slice of pizza, and it hit me right on the chest, and it created like a blood splatter. And my favorite comedian at the time was Bugs Bunny. And so I did this whole Bugs Bunny dying death scene, and it got laughs. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Oh, so you kind of you kind of flipped it on them. Yeah, I flipped it on them. Yeah. That's a great way to handle it. Yeah. Uh, when did you first decide you wanted to be an actor? Uh, I think, well, I wanted to be a nun and I had asked the nuns, can I stay? And they said no, because I was kind of a rascal. I did a lot of practical jokes and um, truly it was just a cry for help and friendship, but it came out in ways of like putting the Virgin Mary in the elevator, um, you know, taking the younger girls shower curtains away, things like that. And so I asked the nuns, can I be a nun with you? I want to stay here forever because I loved it there. And they said, no, you have to go be a comedian. So they were really the first people who told me I was a comedian and I needed to go do it because our nuns were so funny they were from chicago and they were hilarious <laughs> that's great i'd love that so did you go to college for theater i did i did and i got a a ba in theater i went to whittier college a very very small school quaker school and um 
and it was great because I got to do a lot of theater there. And what did you learn from your experience there? You know, in college, I learned how I learned that I had a lot of um, I had a lot of ADHD and I had to figure out how to cope with it. And I didn't exactly figure it out in college, but I learned skills and things like that. And in terms of acting, I learned how to be more professional, how to show up, how to be ready, prepared and uh, give my all. Yeah. So was theater your biggest passion? Actually, dance was my biggest passion. Oh, really? Yeah, dance was awesome. my, my first love. And But I have a body for musical theater. So when I went to um, Whittier College, I got into the theater program. I had done a couple of summer stock things in high school to sort of when I'd come home from boarding school to Orange County to make friends and things. And, um, but in college I got into theater and I loved it. And I, I did a couple of dance things, but mostly I just got into musical theater, which was then my love. That's awesome. I'm, I'm actually a dancer myself. So I love that. Yeah. I used to, yeah, I used to do tap dance and, um, I was on the dance team in college. So. Me too. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> That's How awesome. I when I was on the Gregory Hines show, I got to tap dance with Gregory, which was oh really, my god, oh that must have been incredible. That's an incredible experience. And Dulay Hill, and Savion Glover, and oh my god. Johnson. Oh my gosh, I'm mangling her. I'm, I I I'm, I haven't looked in a while. I had her sign my tap shoes, but I love that. <laughs> and and I miss I miss dancing a lot. I yeah, me too. Yeah. So because you were into dance and theater, why did you decide to go to L.A. over New York? You know, I'll never know the answer to that. I think I think if I'm honest, you're going to really regret interviewing me. But if I'm honest, I think, I think it was laziness. I just, you know, I got a very small scholarship to Whittier College and I I just went kind of where the wind blew me and I regret it because I love New York so much and I get to visit and I it, it would be interesting to see you know obviously where my life would have gone if I would have done that uh because I loved musical theater um but I stayed in California and I worked at Knott's Berry Farm and I just sort of got involved in the Hollywood thing and just stayed. You know, you once you're someplace, you just keep thinking, I'm just going to keep waiting it out. Something's going to happen or I got something cool. Something bigger is going to come. And I just never did it. So, you, yeah, going off, you're saying you worked at Knott's Berry Farm. What else did you do when you first arrived in L.A. before you landed like major TV roles? Uh, let's see. I choreographed musicals for local high schools. That was really fun. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was fun. And I did. Oh, I studied opera. I did the Groundlings and I loved the Groundlings so much. And let's see, what else did I do? I also worked in a tax office and helped people do their taxes, which was a lot of fun. That's cool. Yeah. Who did you work with at the Groundlings? There were so many legends that came out of that place. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kathy Griffin was my teacher. Oh, wow. Um, Mindy Sterling worked in the office. Uh, Patrick Bristow was there. I mean, all the big guns. I saw Will Ferrell in his sweatpants. 
<laughs> Melanie Graham was my teacher. That's all I can remember right now, but gosh, I loved it. It was very intense, and that's where I kind of got the first indication that I wasn't quite as intense as a lot of L.A. actors. So, yeah, I'm sure you've talked. I've listened to uh, bits and pieces of your podcast. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And I hear a lot of the actors you interview are you know, crushing it still and doing things. I'm just kind of all over the place. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like you said, you take it where the wind blows and you just kind of got to figure things out as they come. And, you know, I have complaints. I'm, I mean, I wish I would have moved to New York and I wish I would have made it to SNL, but other than that, I've had a really great life. That's great. And going back to when you first started out in LA, did you also try stand up comedy? I did, yeah. I was in an acting program. It was a two-year conservatory program. And while I was there, I met another comedian. And he, by the way, it was really exciting. Um, shoot, no, I can't remember. Leslie, Leslie Mann, Judd Apatow's wife, was in my acting school, and she was amazing. And uh, so interesting connection to Judd. But... Um, I met a comedian and his name was Jamie Kennedy. You're probably hopefully familiar with Jamie. Mm -hmm. And he took me to my first open mic and that was in 1993 and I loved it. So who were some of the comedians you saw while you were doing stand-up? Oh, I was in the hotbed. I (laughs) saw coming up, I came up with Will Forte, Margaret Cho, Patton Oswalt, Maria Bamford, um, Paula Tompkins, uh, Jackie Cation, uh, just all the big guns. Wow, were- yeah, say some heavy hitters there. Holy cow. <laughs> well, it was all, it was really a great time. And when did Seinfeld first notice you? Well, that's interesting. I, how did this happen? Did I, oh yes, I had a manager, a comedy manager, and she got, I don't know, she wanted to submit me for some, how did it, oh, this is how it happened, I can't believe it, Um, (laughs) they, Seinfeld had sent out people, this is what I was told, had sent out people to clubs to kind of find smaller comedians, or, or maybe bigger comedians, but comedians to fill some of those roles, so I got called in, surprising to me to audition for this part oh wow yeah and um so what was the audition like ah this is such a great story at least i think it is when i went let's get into it (laughs) there were three women three women and i'm very tall and um you know i'm a i'm a i'm a, a tall and big person and then they had a short more round person and woman and then a middle person and when I went in they had me turn around and I did my audition with my butt to them (laughs) (laughs) I was facing the wall and they were looking at my butt which today probably could be problematic but at the time I was like okay uh so I you know, I 
I was uh, hired because of my body. It's true. I have no regrets. Yeah, you can definitely tell you're tall because you know, Michael's pretty tall. And, like, when you stand next to him, you almost come up. So, like, yeah. But, oh, yeah, you just nailed that role. <laughs> and Seinfeld was your first major TV role. Were you nervous going into it? So nervous. So nervous. So um I really, because I was such a fan of the show that I actually told my manager at the time, uh, when do I fly to New York? Like, I <laughs> everything about that show. I <laughs> thought, like, I was going to fly to New York and go to Jerry's apartment. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, so I was so freaking nervous. And when I showed up, um, Julia Louis Dreyfus said to me, "You have a little perspiration right here." I was sweating oh, on the upper lip, and I was like, "Oh gosh, I'm gonna die! I'm gonna die!" I mean, I'm kind of sweating there now. I mean, it's followed me all these years. Um, <laughs> so that was nerve-wracking. I, you know, it was interesting, and I hope I hope your your listeners don't get angry with me, but you know, it's. And I'm sure I was carrying my own baggage, but you, you really think as a young, I mean, that was my first job ever. I got my SAG card from doing that job. Oh, and wow. yeah, I got my SAG card. So um, doing that show, I thought I would come in and we'd all be partying, you know, <laughs> that we'd all hang out and like our arms entwined and, you know, bringing out instruments at the break and having a camp campfire. I don't know what I was thinking, but it was really all business. And I think when you're a co-star, it is so hard to come on set, do your job, meet these huge personalities, try to keep it together, try to not act too weird, which has always been something hard for me because I'm just weird. So it's, and then Larry David was there, and he's just intense. And so when I first got the part, when we first started filming, I had like five lines. And I think maybe I wasn't that great. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of theories that obviously the show is about them. It's not about you, Jude. So they cut stuff out that's not necessary. Um, and by the end, it just ended up that, as, as that little moment. But what's so neat, and, and Larry David would be like, ow, because I would, a couple of times I'd screw up the blocking, and I, I'm so tall I'd stand in front of Jason Alexander. Remind me to tell you something about him in a minute. And, oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, so I just kept getting cut. And, of course, actors, or let's just say me, especially then, insecure, it's my first job, I don't want to screw up, so it just felt like, oh no, I'm pissing off Larry David. Now, what was really fun is in my acting school, my two-year program, we were all really, really tight, and a um, somebody in my cohort, Manny, I can't remember his last name, but gosh, he was so great. He was the security guard on set. So I'm there thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to get fired. I'm not very good. Oh my gosh. I look over, I see my classmate, Manny. He pulls me to the side. He's like, you got this. You know how to do this because we've been trained for this. And it's actually Manny who got me through that. Oh, oh that's wow. nice. 
Yeah, such a great, he had very blue eyes and he was just such a wonderful guy. And I'm wondering what he's doing now. <laughs> I'm so curious. Do you remember the other lines that you had in the episode? You know, I have, oh, I, shoot, I have the script somewhere. Um, there, okay, I don't remember the exact lines, but I do remember there were a couple of lines, obviously, in uh, when we, Kramer and I entered Jerry's apartment. There were a couple of lines there, and there were a couple of lines that I said in the doctor's office. I can't remember right now, and I think in a box somewhere I have uh, the script um, and I hope I didn't get rid of those pages. But yeah, they weren't huge. It wasn't a monologue, but it was things like I, 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 I couldn't even guess. I think maybe they asked me questions like, oh, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. You know, I, that's what I think. It wasn't anything super substantial. Yeah, I was going to ask you if anything got cut because that episode, that was such a jam packed episode. Oh, yeah. There, there was, there was so on. much going on. Yes. So, so I was always curious. It wasn't about uh, me, Eric. It wasn't about me. I love hearing this all these years later. Yeah, but your scene is so iconic and so memorable. And I always wondered, like, Larry, David, and Jerry, they're so smart. I feel like they would try to find ways to bring more scenes out of you. But it makes sense if the if the episode was so jam-packed that maybe they're just in, in editing. They couldn't fit everything in. Yes. And I want to say, when I say it's not about me, I think you know, all this time I was, it wasn't until I saw Curb Your Enthusiasm that I said, oh, he's just like that. It wasn't, <laughs> I didn't get that out of him. He's just like that. Um, but yeah, there were other scenes and you're right. I mean, there's so many storylines going on and so many great people. Yeah. And you said you had a story about Jason Alexander. I'm curious what that was. Oh, oh yeah. So Jason Alexander, I will always remember this, and I hope one day I have the opportunity to pass it on. But I was nervous. It's my first job. You know, it's it's acting itself is so weird, but all the behind the scenes stuff is also weird. Like, do you look them in the eye? If you do, for how long? And you want to make sure you're not in anybody's way, and you can't go on set and just ask to watch. Like, there's there's all this behind the scenes stuff, obviously, that you have to abide by. And number one for me was just don't be too weird. And um, so I was nervous and it, it was like, you know, at the time, this was a huge deal for me. It was like such an opportunity. So I went into the hair and makeup and sat down to get that beautiful cone hairdo they gave me. Oh, and yeah. The women said, and remind me to tell you about the clothes. The woman said to me, um, oh, Jason was just in here and he was saying how amazing you are and how funny you are. And he he doesn't do that. I'm sure he does. But they were <laughs> sweet to me. I'm sure he does because he just seems like the coolest dude. But he he had, I guess, spoken me up. And so when I came in, they kind of you know, talk me up. It was just so nice. And then when we were in line to get food, he was like, Jude. And so I went and got food. Just, I didn't sit with him, but stood next to him and kind of ladled my food onto my plate. He was such a, of all the group, he was so comfortable, friendly, lovely, and generous. Oh, that's so amazing. Yeah. Cause we've talked to other people and that have just said that Jason is just 
like the sweetest guy and like so friendly and so and I just I do get that out of him because even though he plays kind of the opposite as George Costanza, you know, like, but um, just Jason himself, yeah, he's always somebody I've wanted to meet and like I think he out of all four he would probably be the most per- like most receptive, most personable. You know, not to speak, not that I'm speaking ill of the others, but like I'm sure on the set too, you know, like Michael's very intense and Jerry's got a lot going on, and you know, so. Michael, I'll just say one last thing about um, um, Jason is that he wasn't at all like George Costanza. He was <laughs> calm. He was so present and funny. I just really left that thinking this is one cool guy. He was so generous to me. Okay. Um, so about Michael. Yeah, so I was just about to ask you how, how was it working with him? Yeah. Um, so we're standing behind the door, you know, before we come over and obviously it's a wood flat, you know, with like little buttresses or whatever you call that. We're standing back there and Mario Joyner, who was our warm up comic was back there and they're just laughing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're goofing around, having a great time. And I'm like breathing and trying to remain calm because I'm there with Michael Richards and just trying to be cool. He was very nice, but exceptionally professional. The interesting thing, so so not too friendly, um, but what was sweet is after I did it the first time, I came in and I, so the very first words out of my mouth, when we went back in and closed the door, I must have sighed this huge sigh of relief. And he's and he said to me, you did a good job. You did. You did great. Oh, and I, wow. Okay, OK, good. Um, but what was neat is this was 93. And so I wasn't as I guess I had known a little bit about yoga. But Michael, with the door closed before we're supposed to come in, was doing all these yoga bends, like full <laughs> bends. And oh, his, wow. In his Kramer pants, you know, with the little um, pleats bending over. And I I did. I looked at his butt. I did. I admit it. <laughs> it was a different time. And um, his buttocks are sublime. <laughs> um, and I thought that must be yoga. But, um, yeah, that was fun. And it was interesting that he could kind of gab with Mario and they're having a blast and talking and then boom, action. And everybody was right, right there and right on it. Oh, wow. That's so amazing. Yeah. And you just really nailed that scene. Like you do such a great job. Yeah. And it's funny because Eric and I have talked about this before, about how, like, you know, even if there's a side character that's in one scene in one episode, they're still just so important to the Seinfeld universe. Oh, good. That's How many times did you shoot that scene? Well, um, enough times that I kept getting lines taken away. And I think the biggest issue was blocking because I'm so tall. They had to figure out a way to get me in. And I'm not super slender like Michael. I'm a little bit bigger. So there was a lot of work to be done uh, with blocking. Now, was it your choice to exit Jerry's apartment like you did, or were you given direction? Okay, okay. Well, shoot, I wish I knew the answer to this. Oh, I wish I knew. Okay, hold on. Let me, because I haven't, nobody's ever asked me that. Let me see. It, I think it could have been Michael Richards. Like, why don't you, 
Now, if it was my idea, so I work with a lot of comedians and I help them, I help them write jokes and things. And they'll often, I'll go see them and I'll be like, oh man, that joke was so great. And they're like, Jude, you wrote that joke. I do not remember a lot of those things, <laughs> but I don't think I can take credit for that because it was just so, I think I would have been too shy, but gosh, if anybody finds out and it was me, then I'm really proud of that dude. I'm really Whether proud of well, whether you came up with it or someone else did, it was a fantastic exit. Okay. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you nailed it. And, um, yeah, so what was it like hearing the reaction from the audience after that? Like, Awesome. Yeah. I did feel, you know, you can kind of tell in the other lines, I was like, I didn't really nail that. When we left and the audience laughed, I felt like, okay, I nailed that. And as a co-star, you want to nail something, although it's hard because you're not always in a position where you're supposed to nail something. You could just be handing somebody some cream. But um, as a comedian, I needed a laugh so bad. Yeah. And you got it. (laughs) Thanks. I'm starting to think, I don't know if I'm going to sound like a like a total total egomaniac, but I'm starting to think maybe I did put that little wiggle in because it was all about my butt. Um, no, I don't know, but I'm, I'm glad it came off. And you mentioned before, uh, to bring up the outfits that you tried on different outfits. Okay. This is the nuttiest, nuttiest thing. So believe it or not, those are my clothes. They often say to actors, Hey, bring a whole bunch of looks in. So those brown pants and that's (laughs) that I tucked in. And I I would never tuck that sweater in, but of course they wanted to see my butt. So the wardrobe people were like tucking the sweater. Well, it's this is a very true story. Of course, all these stories are true, but this I remember so well. So I'm filming my first job. It's on freaking Seinfeld. It's so exciting. And it turns out that I had a tumor in my leg that I wasn't aware of. And it burst on set. Oh, my God. Burst in my leg. So I had to go. I had to leave because this blood was sort of, you know, billowing out on my pants. I had to leave. They had to take my pants off. I had to sit in, like, wardrobe in my underwear while they washed and dried my pants. Wow. Wow. And, like, the medic came and like bandaged it up and we were all just hoping because it was gushing blood. And then the next day I went to the doctor and he cauterized it and it was fine, benign, everything was fine. But I cannot, of course that would happen to me. Of course. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. Slowed down production while they, and I'm sitting there like this in that big sweater and my underwear waiting uh, for my pants to get dry. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, but like probably no one else in the world can say that. Like, hey, I had this thing happen to me while I was on the side of Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I really, unless there's something with Seinfeld that everybody has a tumor burst. But yeah, that, <laughs> that happened to me. It was just, I have always had a small amount of nerves that show up in the weirdest ways. And I'm wondering if. <laughs> I somehow created that little tumor uh, that day. I'm not sure, but it's never come up again. But I'm looking right now at the scar. It's wow. there's a scar on my thigh. Yeah. That could have come up in a Seinfeld episode later on. It's they should have used that. 
I think I was actually living that Seinfeld life. <laughs> Were you around for the entire table read? Uh, oh, was I? Oh, I don't think I was. I don't think I was. The first day, I think it was just two days. And the first day I went, we did a run through. And that was the day that that um, Julia told me I had sweat on my upper lip. And <laughs> and then I came back. So I don't think I did the table read. But I want to tell you one more thing. Okay, what was it? Oh, so my friend Evelyn, who went to college with me, she was my college roommate. She went with me. I was allowed to bring one person. But my friend Evelyn came and Evelyn's quite a beauty. She looks a little bit like Jillian Anderson. And I don't, oh, wow. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. This is probably, I just <laughs> don't know. I don't, Jerry, I'm sorry. But Jerry Seinfeld was staring at her. <laughs> his eyes off her. So he was very much like looking through me at <laughs> So I was able to take her around and show her this set and this set. And Jerry was just following her the whole time. And what's really cute is she is still living on that to this day. It's just <laughs> exciting. Um, one other thing I want to tell you is being around comedians, I pick up things from them that I will just say mindlessly for years to come. And we were all waiting to film something and Jerry comes walking out. And so we're on, you know, we're on that 10 feet of space until the set starts. And then on this side is the audience. I don't know what that area is called. We were standing there and Jerry walks up and he's got a cup of noodles and he's just eating his cup of noodles. <laughs> And I think it was Jerry. Somebody said, you having some noodles? And he said, cup of nudes. And <laughs> I always refer to cup of noodles as cup of nudes. <laughs> Cute. Cup of nudes. That's such a Jerry Seinfeld thing, too. Yeah, we walking around with a cup of noodles. And <laughs> eating it. Filming? Yeah, just eating a cup of noodles. Yeah. <laughs> Oh so, God. like we mentioned, this was your first major TV role. So, what did you do when the episode aired? Oh, my gosh. Well, of course, my nuns were watching. Mm -hmm. um, and the nuns actually wrote me, and they were like, Judy. They called me Judy. I, I don't like to be called Judy, but I let them call me Judy. And they said, Judy, why didn't you tell us the subject matter? We, we <laughs> let the girls out of study hall. Everybody watched and they were upset that it was <laughs> about the move and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they were kind of mad at me. But what was so cute is they had sent me a letter or card saying, congratulations, you know, we have pull or something. We have, you know, we're connected to God, so we have pull. We can, right. yeah, <laughs> things happen. Um, but I, uh, so I watched it with my friends, and of course, in true actor, and I don't want to lump all actors together, so I'll just say in, in true, in true form, I was bummed that all those other things didn't get in. But now, having had somewhat of the career that I've had, that always happens. You never get everything that you recorded, ever. So you just do it and have a great time, and then as long as the check clears, you're happy. You never <laughs> know what's gonna end up on screen. But were you happy with how the scene came out in the episode? 
Yes. And I'll tell you, the booty thing really made me happy. I felt like I did something unique and special. You know, I was happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I laughed at my hair. I couldn't believe my hair looked like that. <laughs> um, I never would have tucked my sweater in. And so many of my friends were like, that outfit. I'm like, I can't help it. They said, bring some looks. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I was happy with it. I remember it was a ton of friends. You know, in my mind, I'm like, this show's going to be about me. But <laughs> I'm so, I can't believe I'm admitting this, but my young self was so excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what did you learn from your experience on Seinfeld? Oh, okay. What did I learn? Uh, you know, that Jason Alexander thing really stuck with me to be kind and generous to the other actors. And I guess really what I learned was a mindset of this is possible. These cool things are possible. This can happen. I mean, I was just doing jokes and, you know, so I got a a bit of extra faith there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, you've appeared in several TV shows after Seinfeld. Uh, What was your favorite role and why? Um, Well, I really think, obviously, Seinfeld is my favorite. I had a good streak where I was doing a lot of commercials. And I did one with Barry Manilow, which was a lot of fun. Oh, no way. Yeah, that was a hoot. And I would say, of all the roles, I really liked doing the middle. That was a lot of fun. And Patricia think, Arquette, right? Um, That is Patricia Heaton. Patricia Heaton, yes. yes. Yeah, and uh, Neil Flynn, yeah, the janitor from Scrubs. Neil and I knew each other from improv. Oh, really? Yeah, Neil put a word in for me to get that little part. So that was really nice of Neil. Oh, that's Uh, cool. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's such a great guy. And I remember doing, he's just so much fun. And he reminds me, which is weird because we're close in age, but he has so much humor like my dad had. He's just such a funny quiet you know what's the word um deadpan guy (laughs) and so you've been teaching stand-up for over 10 years now uh what do you love most about doing that at the beginning what i loved about it was that it wasn't about me and you know as actors we live this very strange life of do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? Do-? It shouldn't be that. Like we read books and and are in clubs that tell us don't make it about that. But it is kind of. Am I good enough? Am I good enough? Am I good enough? Working with comedians, it wasn't about me at all. It was about helping them, uh, helping them fall in love with themselves, good and bad, helping them um, figure out what's memorable, funny, and weird about them. Um, So that is truly a joy. I love it very, very much. That's awesome. And before we go, we're going to try out a new segment in this episode. It's called This, That, and the Other. We're just going to ask you some random questions and whatever comes to mind. Uh, First one is, favorite actor you've ever worked with? Oh, well, Jason Alexander. Well, I will say William Shatner. I did a bunch of commercials with William Shatner for Priceline. <laughs> That's badass. The nicest fella, but I'll tell you something. He was like, he owned it. 
He acted as if all of Hollywood formed around him. (laughs) And that was a lot of fun to study because I was like, man, this dude has some amazing confidence as he should. And it was just fun. I've seen a lot of older actors, um, you know, take their time and say, let's do it again. And uh, that doesn't really work for me. And I, I liked that because I was such a youngster saying, oh, I'll do it any way you like, just as long as I do it right, which can really break you down over time. Um, what actor, living or dead, would you most like to work with? Alan Arkin is one of my favorites of all time. Um, but I would like to choose one more, please. Um it's- as many as you want. Okay. okay. <laughs> I would love to work with, hmm, I know there, oh my gosh, Ben Wishaw. Ben Wishaw. He was in Fargo, the just the recent Fargo with Chris Rock. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ben Wishaw. I mean, he's just a crazy great actor. And I would love to work with Carol Burnett. <laughs> um, yeah. Definitely. Great choices. Uh, um, if you could pick one role to play, either in TV or film, what would it be and why? Okay, I know that. You know what? I'm just going to throw it. I would love to play. This is never going to happen, but Kate Bush. Okay. <laughs> never going right. Not in a million years. Um, hey, and, never say never. Yeah, never say never. What was the best piece of advice that anyone ever gave you? Oh, gosh, there's been so much. Okay, um, a really great actor, friend of mine, improviser, Brian Shortall. And he has an improv team with Ithamar Enriquez, and they're called Delicious Moments. And they're both amazing. But Brian Shortall said something to me because for a while there was mostly just doing commercials. A lot of improvisers and comedians do a lot of commercials. And he said to me, every time you go in there, have the most fun you can, which makes sense, but we forget it. And like, I have skills. I've put a lot of time and energy into this long career and uh, I deserve to just have fun. And, you know, they might catch you on a day where they're like, I like what she's doing. And even if you don't get the job, you walk out thinking, well, I had fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's tough because yeah, in addition to that, it's also your job. So you have to find that balance of like, okay, I can have fun, but not too much fun. You know, they're on a schedule. I have to make sure I'm doing this correctly. Like, so yeah. I can, yeah, I can imagine how that's nerve wracking. So if you had to pick one, would you choose theater, TV, or stand up? I want to say theater, but I think I'm going to say stand up because there's so much freedom in stand up. TV, I love TV and I love the dough. Let's be honest. I love <laughs> television, but it's very stressful. It's a it's a high stress environment. And stand up, you really have you can make such a connection and really play. So I would say stand up, which is surprising to me, but it it's just a really fun art form. You have a yeah, favorite but- comedian? Uh yes, I have many favorites. I love Maria Bamford. I love Lizzie Cooperman. I love Brett Weinbach. I love, um, oh, Ron Lynch. Ron Lynch is one of my most favorite comedians ever. Um, I love Fortune Feimster. Uh, 
Sebastian Maniscalco. I don't know those comedians, like the television comedians, but of the people I've worked with, probably Ron Lynch is my most favorite comedian. That's awesome. And yeah, it's, it's interesting because like stand up, it's just such an amazing craft. It's like, it's definitely not something anybody can do. Cause like, you know, people can go into acting and they can kind of go into other things somewhat easily, but stand up really seems like this other level. And, you know, we did a whole episode about Jerry's stand up and how important that was to Seinfeld. And like, you know, without that, that the show would have never existed. So it's like stand up is so important and such an amazing thing. Anytime I watch stand up comedian, the, can do it like that you know it's just like I'm, I'm always blown away well you know it's so interesting because i agree with you stand-up is so special there's so much risk involved um you know when you see it on tv they did a couple of tapings and they edit it together and so you'll see like the audience behind switch in and out but when you see stand-up live on stage it is so risky which is the thing i love about it it's oh yeah yeah i love the how scary it is and then you feel like such a badass afterwards but being a teacher i'm gonna say something that's unpopular which is i think anybody can be funny so i do think i think just being human we have the capacity for humor i think where the real skill from comes from is the hustle yeah you know not a lot not a lot i've worked with oh my gosh 1500 comedians or more and i would say 20 of those are really doing something because the hustle is the really hard part of the business. Yeah, that's another thing about Jerry Seinfeld is that he is constantly writing, constantly doing it. And, yeah, that's definitely something that's so important for anybody that wants to do stand-up comedy. Like, yeah, you have to be constantly working on things. Because I know, like, you know, a 15-minute set could take you a year to write, you know, <laughs> something. For sure. And it's so easy I don't know about New York, but in L.A., it's so easy to say, oh, I'm not going to get in my car. I'll just stay home. I'm not going to I'm not going to go to that mic and try stuff out. So it really does take a lot of personal drive and will force, which not a lot of people have. And I've had to varying degrees through all my life. But I will say this. Jerry said something really great. I can't remember if it was his special. It might have been his special where he talked about um, he wakes up depressed. He wakes up. I don't know the words. I can't remember the words, but like sad, hopeless. And he just has to put his feet on the ground. And that's me. I wake up and I'm like, not another day. But I just put my feet on the ground. And that's because of Jerry, you know. Oh, wow. I, yeah. So maybe that was the greatest advice that I ever in, indirectly got was just put your feet on the ground. <laughs> there you go. And final thing, favorite moment in your career so far? Oh, oh, I would say dancing with Gregory was really wonderful. Awesome. Um, yeah, although it's all great. I mean, one good thing that I love about myself is I'm kind of like a dog. I'm always in the moment. 
you know, mm -hmm. or trying to be, not always, but mm -hmm. so, so that was a great moment, but also recording with Jenny Slate and Paul Rust and Dulce and Aparna for the Great North was super duper fun. And so it's all good. Yeah, uh, you're in a new Fox animated series, The Great North. Uh, you can check Judith out there. And um, we just had a blast talking to you. You know, we started this podcast because, yeah, we've heard from Jerry and Jason and Julie and Michael, and that's all great. And we'd love to have them on someday. But also hearing from people like yourself who were maybe in one scene or, or had one line or something, it's just fans like Adam and myself really just appreciate everyone that contributed to the show that we love and that includes yourself and it was such a pleasure to talk to you today and it was so amazing to hear your story yeah it really was like you have such great stories you were such a fun bubbly person to talk to you made for some great interviews like you had such great answers to your questions yeah like eric said like being super fans you know of the show yeah you know you've, you've seen all the dvd commentaries and you've seen all the extra you know, the people that were there like you or, or other people that have interviewed have such a different perspective. And it's so great because, I mean, especially the stories that you told. It's like, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, we've else been fans. We, yeah, I mean, we're the biggest fans of the show ever. And we've there are so many stories we've heard today that we've we've never heard before. So it's it's so amazing. Yeah, and it's so exciting. And I have to say thank you because it, you gave me an opportunity to feel special. So I'm very grateful for that. And also thank you for being fans because the show still exists and it's fun. It's like whenever my episode comes up, somebody from somewhere, one of my college students, somebody somewhere will send me a little picture. And it's just I'm really grateful it still exists. And I, I still get paid for it, which is awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes. And I that's just like. Awesome. I might as well just throw that in the lottery because I wasn't planning. But see, there we go. I don't listen to me. Be better, <laughs> money. Be better with your money. But thank you. I really appreciate this. This was a lot of fun. No, I just said this was a lot of fun for us. And and also just the fact that you're part of such an incredible classic episode. Like you like you're in such an important part of Seinfeld lore. Awesome. You know, I, I re look every once in a while at like the top 10 episodes and I think we make it in there a couple of times. And I just got to say, boy, what a stroke of luck. Right. <laughs> stroke of luck. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you're ever in New York and you want to grab a drink, you have our number. We'd love to. Uh, yeah, we <laughs> do that. That'd be Definitely. so fun. That'd be awesome. And uh, it really was a pleasure talking to you tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, uh, we, had, we had a blast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a great night. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our interview with Judith Shelton. If you have any questions or comments for us, please feel free to email us at theplacetobeseinfeld at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at The Place to Be, a Seinfeld podcast, Twitter at TPTBSeinfeld, and Instagram at theplacetobe.podcast. You can find our show on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like, please rate and review. It really helps us out. Until next time, make sure to hang up your pants for the perfect crease. Hey, yes, man. Hey. Hey. Ah, this is Sally. Hello. Hi. Hi. Shall we go? Okay. All right.